Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Time Extend. My name is Adam Ismail, and joining me for this episode, as always, is the wonderful... Brendan Rodison, and it seems like every time we record a new podcast, there's actually some modern games worth talking about, Adam, and we're absolutely spoiled this time. Our schedule has managed to work as into three modern games that we can talk about today, and... Um, Oh, we just got a pick of the litter. Did you ever think we'd have three modern racers worth talking about in the one go? <laughs> well, it's funny because the last show was about new games, or about upcoming yeah. games, rather. And now we've got three more to talk about. Um, one of which isn't quite out yet, but we've played it. The other two have just come out. And yeah, if you're listening to Time Extend for the first time, you might be surprised Like, if you expected this to be a podcast about old racing games. It mostly is, we promise. It's just that... <laughs> It's been uh, the summer months. Sometimes I feel like I feel like this is often when we see the most racing games for whatever reason. Like summer is usually attributed to be like kind of a fallow period for for new releases, but for whatever reason, like I remember this time last year we got Seto Corsa. You know, we got yeah. F1 as well because uh, you know those games release around the same time every year. So yeah, it just it seems like these months always have uh, have the most stuff coming out, and of course you know. We'll, we'll run into this problem again. Problem being a you know a, a bad way of playing a good a good issue to have. Um, we'll run into this again at the end of the year because you know we have a lot of blockbuster games coming out to close out the year. But uh, yeah, this this one's just going to be dealing with uh, the new track Mania, which I haven't played, uh, but Brendan has, and then Hotshot Racing, which I've played and Brendan hasn't, and uh, F1 2020. So there's there's a lot to talk about there. Three very different camps. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that is the the beauty of 2020 so far in terms of racing games, at least. Um, the selection is so varied, and like you said last year, we had a set of Corsa, a competizione that that's just released this year as well on console. So that's a pretty big deal. But um, obviously, we, we didn't really cover that because we talked about it last year. But even still, like. All these different varied racing games and like you're saying like the three that we've got lined up today are all incredibly different but also appeal to the community of racing game fans in different ways so i really don't think we can complain yeah i definitely can't uh it's funny because we're gonna kick this off and talk about track mania first but i actually didn't even know that new track mania was coming out uh until the whole you know scandal of it's not a game with the subscription model came out even though it is or whatever and i'm, I'm sure you can dive yeah. into that more later on but that was the first i heard that this game even existed for, for whatever reason uh trackmania in particular seems to be like just one of those blind spots for me almost to a point where like i don't really consider it a racing game like it is a racing game but to me it almost seemed to be more like in that kind of side category alongside maybe like mod nation racers is the only other game where it's more about the things you make than what you do although there's still there's you know obviously you still drive um it it just for whatever reason it was always just kind of like off in my periphery uh i think i played the demo on the 360 but i have never played a full trackmania game before like i've never like really sunk my teeth into one of those um so i know you have had a lot of really good things to say about it yeah, I mean, I'd say um, Trackmania, 
for people who primarily play on console especially, it isn't really a surprise that it could be a blind spot because console releases have been uh, few and far between. I'm pretty sure that the very first game to come out on console was a DS and Wii port, oddly, um, given how accurate it needed to be for this game, more on that later. Um, and then of course there was Trackmania Turbo a good few years ago, which was the first kind of console console-led Trackmania that was developed by Nadio, the French developers who make the game, and um, that coincided, uh, coincided with Ubisoft also buying up Nadio to, to publish their games going forward. So um, the thing about Trackmania 2020, which is just called Trackmania, it's, it's a surprise in the sense that people thought after Turbo and the moderate success of Turbo, it would go on to get a PlayStation Plus release as well. Um, I think people thought that Ubisoft especially would be pushing that console and PC kind of experience. But the thing about Turbo was it was a very nice confined experience, but like you say, the heart of Trackmania is in the community and the user-created content and the user tournaments and, oddly enough, esports as well. Those are all core elements of the game. So Nadio basically looked at what Turbo did well um, looked at all the work they did in that and then just threw it away completely, basically. <laughs> they were just <laughs> like, we need to get back to basics here to, to really get the community on board. The community were happy with Turbo, but they knew that that wasn't, if they went down that route, they would slowly lose what makes Trackmania really popular for a lot of people. So Trackmania 2020 goes back to uh, the stadium environment, which is basically the very first Trackmania, Trackmania Stadium, was primarily based um, within an arena, asphalt tracks, maybe some different um, tiles that you can place with dirt or ice or something like that on them. Um, and that's really what you get. Trackmania 2020 is the most vanilla, bog-standard Trackmania experience you could buy, especially after playing Turbo. Because Turbo had different vehicle types, it had different environments, it had a wealth of content, but Trackmania 2020 is much like the name would suggest, it feels like a soft reboot, for whatever reason they decided to go down that route. And that's why when you pair the decision to do that with the news that would follow about the the subscription that Nadio says isn't a subscription because they likened it to iRacing, <laughs> not quite the <laughs> same. <laughs> like. There was a small red flag that was waved, and mostly this always comes from the fact that it gets miscommunicated. So by firstly coming out and saying that it wasn't a subscription, they caused a bit of friction there, and then uh, doing the the god-awful kind of infographic that a lot of companies use to explain the different versions of their games, like Ubisoft and that always do this, where it's like, in the standard version you get this, in the premium you get this, yeah. and because naturally the more you pay, you get more content, it always makes it look as if by playing the base game, you're, you're having an inferior experience. The thing about Trackmania 2020 is though, having played it, having sat down, and just tried playing it with the base content, that you get for free because it's a free-to-play game. There is more than enough gameplay here that, that it's actually a steal that there is a free version in the first place. So mm. I think they've made the right decision in that regard because basically in the, the free version you get access to the seasons of content. So the way the game's split up, it's currently summer 2020 season. And then as you can imagine, it'll move on to fall or autumn, depending on where you're from, then winter, then spring. So it's set up like a, an Overwatch type affair or a Rocket League where they, they're splitting it into seasons 
each season has about 26 tracks as well. Um, and then you also get access to the daily events that are put up. So once every day, a new track's uploaded, a new leaderboard. So that that's your core offering. That's that's what you get with your base offering. The chance to drive on these tracks and play the game. What you don't get that comes with the kind of the next tier up is the ability to customize your vehicle, get access to clubs, that type of thing. Clubs are basically just clans. So for example, if we had a time extend club, we could create tracks that allow the, the community to play on, that type of thing. So it's almost like a you're almost paying for a private server access because that's the thing, you can't actually just have a friend's lobby or anything like that with the free version. Hmm. And then the top tier, which is uh, £26 per year, is the club tier. And the interesting thing about the club tier is all it really adds is the ability to create a club and some other peripheral stuff. So that you're basically paying to become an admin on Nadio's servers. You get to host your own Time Extend Club, for example. Everyone can play on that. It's your own dedicated server. You don't have to worry about uh, kind of P2P or anything like that. That's really what you're paying for. So the subscription model's a bit different than most games, as you can probably tell them, because it's all basically based around that idea of how curated do you want your experience to be. If you just want to play Trackmania, the free version's more than enough. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. I've never heard of a game having that kind of model before. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's probably more common with uh, game, not just games as services, but those kinds of uh, like competitive first-person shooters, for example, that like are just like mainstays. Like, I don't know. I assume that's like maybe like a Counter-Strike thing of like, oh, you have like a dedicated server that you pay for or something <laughs> like that. I yeah. mean, I don't know if it is, but it just it just sounds like... Uh, like that kind of business model. Um, c- can you, if you pay for one of the tiers, you have the ability to like, are there like ranked lobbies where you can go up against like random people? Like how does that work? Cause it sounds like there's a lot of depth in terms of curating experience for a group of people that you know, or friends or like, you know, yeah. for example, our community, but like, I- I'm not, I'm not hearing much in the way of just like global multiplayer. So this is the thing, and that this is what happens when uh, you've been playing Trackmania for so long, you can kind of brush past some parts. Like the whole game is effectively global multiplayer driven. Like that is the main goal of Trackmania. Mm. It isn't about getting the gold medal time or anything like that, but rather every single track that you have access to has a global leaderboard. And the fun part about that is you get the overall like world leaderboard. But then at the results screen, you'll see where you are in the world, you'll see where you are in your region, and then, this is the coolest part, I always feel, if you're from the US, you get to see where you're placed in your individual state that you live in, and um, outside of the US, you get to see your country. Can't wait to see how I stack up against all other, you know, all four Trackmania players in my state. (laughs) You would be surprised, I mean, for example, I'm, um, I'm currently the 11th best player in Scotland and I'm like probably out of 11 and then when you check <laughs> I think it's like it's more than 2000 which is wild to me because Trackmania is um, something that I, I kind of underestimate how big it is a lot of the time um, especially in France it's absolutely massive like when Trackmania came out uh, last week or the week, no, week before now um, 
it actually sprung up the charts on Twitch rapidly. It had like 70,000 viewers at one point, which wow. was like double what Last of Us 2 had at that point. Jeez. And when you were checking out the streams, the majority of them were French. Like the French really loved this game. And um, yeah, so Trackmania has been looked to bring it back to the point you were saying about global multiplayer. You can either uh, basically do it as a, a single player experience and then see your leaderboard times at the end. Or if you decide to go for a paid tier, you get access to the live career. And what that basically means is when you're trying to uh, beat a time to get the medals and the season mode or whatever, you'll be placed into a random lobby with loads of other players doing the same and it can show up to like 62 cars, I think it is, on the track at one time. Wow. So you see everybody's ghosts in real time trying to attempt to do the track. And then it basically works like five minute games. So you get dropped into a map, five minutes, set your best time, end of the match you get your leaderboard you get the, the kind of who was the fastest um if you performed really well for your country you get an additional trophy that you can add to your collection um so yeah basically if you're on a paid tier you get access to that real-time live multiplayer and you can probably guess if you're thinking about something like rocket league and that type of thing because of those five minute increments it can be incredibly addicting because it's kind of like, we'll talk about Formula 1 later on, but it's almost like in qualifying sessions where they're like, I've got three and a half minutes left, I'm on this run, I'm a little bit slow, oh, what do I do? And the thing about Trackmania is that you've got instant resets at any point in the track, so see if you really don't like how you're driving, you press B and within like a millisecond you're placed back to the start of the track and you can oh, go man. again. There's no loading times, there's nothing like that. You're constantly seeing your split against how well you're doing, against your personal best, against everybody else on the track. It's a fully crafted, streamlined experience, and I think that's why Nadio went back to basics. Because if you compare it to like Turbo, for example, what, hap what happened at the start of Turbo on all the tracks was you get dropped off off a helicopter for that like console flare. <laughs> you just get dropped off a helicopter. It looked cool. But the thing was, when you were trying to set a best time, it sounds so silly without thinking of the context of Trackmania, but see that yeah. like two seconds between being on the track, it just, it makes it very easy to go, nah, I can't be bored with this. Compare that to Trackmania 20, when it's like jarring how fast you get back to the start of the track. <laughs> that absolutely makes sense. I mean, it reminds me of, uh, like, we were talking about Burnout Paradise and how it's a great game, but the most yeah, annoying thing yeah. about it is when you're changing cars and you have to wait for the car to fall from the sky. Just dropping things from yeah. a helicopter seems like a very, like, <laughs> last-gen thing, you know? Like, everything yeah. must, be, the... must fall from the sky. It looked cool, and to be honest, it added that tiny bit of um, polish that maybe that the kind of uh, people who'd never been experiencing Trapmania before needed to kind of get grabbed by it. Because that's the thing, like... When you first turn on Trackmania 20, like, um, or 2020, it's like, the menus look so fucking cheap. Like, they're so basic looking, it's as if somebody's made it on PowerPoint or something. And like, and it can be that jarring, like, oh, what's going on here? But like, as soon as you press like, any button on the menu, it's so fast and streamlined and to the point, you can boot the game up and be on the track within, like, I'd say a 10 second window, and that includes online multiplayer. It's just been built to be as streamlined and to the point as possible. And it, like that's the thing, I think the reason this isn't on consoles yet is because it is. it has that PC jank about it where you can tell they just want to provide that server instance of you driving on the track. So there's no, there's no like, there's no window dressing on any of it. 
And this might sound bad, but when you're actually playing it, just the loop of track mania, because every track's like 50 seconds long or whatever, um, it makes such a difference to be able to just boot it up, give it a few runs, and like, you just get so grabbed by that experience because everything's immediate. And um, yeah, I, I think that's the reason Nadio decided to focus on PC for this at the moment, because it's very much the track mania experience I think the hardcore would like. Uh, but it's got that accessibility to it as well that I think for newcomers it will be great. But because of the current, the current kind of subscription model, and um, people would probably say it's got a lack of content. I think that focusing on PC for now, and then perhaps in the future it might get some form of console release. But I think it's interesting that even though Trackmania Turbo was a success, they they still decided to go back to basics. It's pretty it's pretty interesting to see. Yeah, now, now is it like this is a full release or is it kind of like a beta sort of soft launch or something like that? So right off the bat they've said like the game will be constantly evolving just for reference. They've already like changed, for example, some grip parameters when you're up on two wheels on certain surfaces and that type of thing. And they're constantly reviewing as well like the what's referred to as tech within the game. There are a few techniques that people learn that become pivotal to be good at the game and um, they've been kind of making background physics tweaks to that since launch basically analysing people's gameplay that type of thing um, so I think it's very much going to be a beast that constantly evolves over time um, from a, a raw gameplay perspective basically there are three file types just, sorry tile types in the game at the moment and tiles make up a track so you just imagine you're kind of putting together tiles to, to make a circuit there are tarmac tiles uh, dirt and ice and these can be used interchangeably within a single circuit so that's what makes it kind of interesting as well because in some tracks it may be half tarmac and then the latter half is ice and you've got to kind of immediately change how you drive to meet that new terrain type and that can cause it a good challenge and then obviously the community are doing crazy things where they, they're kind of analysing the grip numbers that are being held by the game whenever you go on ice and then pairing it with like the right dirt angle can cause like crazy like, car physics to happen and stuff like that um, so to answer your question I think it is going to be something that just constantly evolves over time and especially because they're taking money as a subscription now, they don't really have a choice. They they need to they need to come good with that because the the subscription tiers, like for regular kind of live multiplayer access, ten pound per year is okay. But I think like twenty six pound for the club level tier, that's like your hardcore fans really facilitating Nadio to go develop this game. So I think they'll have to do it. But the good thing is that. Ubisoft being the publisher bodes really well because we were talking about this in the Discord the other day, funnily enough. I mean, those guys support everything to the death, even when a game's long dead. Like, Steep still gets updates. Um, the Crew 2, of course, still gets updates as well. I don't know how popular that is, but I'm, I'm always surprised when I see that. So I think, like, a games as a service model for Trackmania with Ubisoft's financial backing, I think it's going to evolve over time. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it, it reminds me a lot of Rocket League. Uh, obviously, just like looking at it, it just kind of has that same kind of like visual sort of palette to it. Yeah. The vehicles look similar. But also just like the whole idea of like sort of creating creating a, a space and a challenge that is totally unique to your game. Like 
Rocket League sort of it was so weird to me because like as a newcomer like when that came came out nobody really knew what it was it was like oh it's car you know soccer with cars and then you go into it and you're like no there are things you can do in this game that obviously a real car can't do but also like the interplay of boost and taking flight and jumping and moving in midair like all of that means that the skills that you learn in this game are like very like the techniques are very particular to Rocket League and don't really translate to anything else and it kind of seems like Trackmania is sort of like that just like you know I, I haven't actually driven any of these games and you know what I did play was a very very long time ago yeah. but just you talking about like analyzing the grip levels and stuff like that and these techniques that they're kind of adjusting like oh we want people to play the game in this way and maybe not this other way it just sounds incredibly sort of esoteric and and you know of its kind of own world and that's not like that might sound bad but i actually think it's interesting because it's one of those things i think is a little bit off-putting probably to newcomers yeah uh so it all depends on kind of how they sort of initiate new players into that process but like once you're once you're about like you know 30 to 40 percent invested in a game like that it's very easy to become addicted and to just kind of pour lots and lots of time and effort into being better at it. Yeah. So I am intrigued. Definitely, man. It's worth a go. And like you say, that, that kind of having its own world and therefore own car behavior. The best example I would say, like, see, as a newcomer, you'll see, like, what's known as sausage roads. And it's basically, like, a road that um, is kind of flat at the top, but at the sides it kind of slopes down at a gradient. And naturally, when you're a newcomer, you're like, oh, I'll drive on the flat road, and then when it turns, uh, kind of hit the apex and fly into the air. And that'll be the fast way of doing it. And it's fun to do, and the newcomer enjoys it. But um, the tech for a sausage road is actually, whenever a corner's coming up, because of the grip level on the car, it's, it's like a Formula One car in that sense, what you want to actually do is lodge the wheels in between the gradient turns so that it never leaves the ground. And then you kind of keep mm. your four wheels on the ground. You don't lose any speed. And the thing is, like that might sound like marginal gains, but when these tracks are being decided by 0.03 seconds and that type of thing, yeah. it's those tiny little adjustments. And there's loads of stuff like that. For example, if you kind of fly up in the air, naturally your car will start to pitch in a, a certain direction, depending on what angle you flew off at. If you tap the brake slightly in the air, you can stabilise the car to fall on four wheels again, therefore having more grip when you land. And it's chaining all these together, that's where it kind of the, that's where the, the addiction comes from. The initial fun of just driving a, a Hot Wheels car basically around these cool tracks is there, much like Rocket League is just fun car football. It's where people go from there and the good thing is it's just it's so beginner friendly like that, but also has the, the depth, so I mean, I think calling it a racing game is probably a push because it is more of a, a time trial affair, but at the same time, it's, it is very interesting and because it's free-to-play, there's a free-to-play component, you might as well give it a go. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't know it was free-to-play. That, that's how <laughs> out of the loop I am yeah. with regards to Trackmania. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to give it a try. Um I'm just thinking, like, as you're describing, like, taking the sausage roads and stuff like that, I'm just thinking of, like, F-Zero GX, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, like, yeah. those, like, slight adjustments you need to make to get the most grip and the most speed when you're in, like, one of those, like, tube roads or, like, 
you know, the, the optimal path through like Firefield to make sure that you hit every single boost pad, yeah. but the boost pads are on different sides of the cylinder. Like that's kind of where my mind is going. I was never good enough at that game uh, <laughs> to really take advantage of those things, though I would go as far as to say that like, no, like anyone who thinks they're good at F-Zero GX, there's probably like probably only 10% of those people are actually really good at yeah. the game because it's just that hard. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to try it and maybe, um, you know, one of us would have to put up the money for it, I guess, but maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll do a, a time extend, uh, group after all. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, like you're saying, um, that F-Zero comparison is really good because Trackmania kind of mitigates that by breaking the world leaderboard, leaderboard down into so many layers. And it isn't a case of where most games might have a, a regional leaderboard, but you have to press a button to go see it and that type of thing. So you'd have to be going out your way to find out if, you, if you're if you actually okay at it. It's not done like that in Trackmania. Like it literally says, like, top 500 in world, top 40 in the, uh, this region, top 5 in this state or whatever. So it actually just shows you it right then and then as soon as you finish. So because you get that immediate gratification of going, oh, well, I mean, I don't know how many that is exactly that I'm in a single digit of, but it feels good seeing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's good. I, I'm excited to give it a try. Um, I'm a bit surprised that there's no console version yet. I understand for the reasons you're saying. Uh, but I feel like with with how big this game is, um, yeah. and how big this this series is, it'll have to come eventually. Hotshot Racing, uh, did you get a chance to play it? So, unfortunately I didn't. Um, I, really, I really wanted to kind of give it a go, and then by the time I found out like, somebody had literally posted this, our memories had literally posted in our Discord about it, it was too late, and I was like, ah, oh, I was gutted. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... Basically, they had a beta. It was kind of a closed beta, but people were still streaming it and playing online and stuff like that. Uh, I think it was like two weekends ago. And, you know, it was only for a weekend, so you had like three or four days to, to you know, try the game out, and then that was pretty much it. And thankfully, uh, Saturn Memories, who uh, runs a YouTube channel called Saturn Memories, <laughs> um, uh, came into Discord and, and shared some of those codes, so we're tremendously thankful to him for doing that because a lot of people from the community were also able to get in that way um yeah so we, we we talked about this game a couple months ago for the first time i think we were both kind of we were kind of cautiously excited for it cautiously optimistic because it's very easy obviously the game kind of has sort of a, a virtual racing appeal to it you know the flat shade polygons and and just it kind of moves like vr does 
and it's very easy to kind of fall off the cliff of you know tribute or something in the vein of a certain game and kind of fall into like parody mode or even like just kind of like you know really focusing in on like the calling cards of a game like that the graphics and the music and the style and not really honoring the gameplay or even like doing it in a way where it's just like you're kind of making fun of it uh hotshot i would say it i was very happy with the amount of time i spent with the game i mean albeit you know brief as it was um I enjoyed it. There, there's a depth there that I didn't anticipate, and I think I was kind of writing this off because initially, because I was worried that it would basically be like Horizon Chase Turbo. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like Horizon Chase Turbo, if you liked uh, the really old Top Gear games, then you probably like Horizon Chase Turbo. Same composer, kind of just the same look and feel to it but it also kind of does the flat shape polygon thing, but I just don't find those games very fun to play. Yeah. Um, they, they just kind of feel like they drive themselves, which is true of a lot of like kind of sp- uh, sprite scaler type racers. Uh, but, but hotshot does feel a lot like virtual racing. Um, it, it has a drift mechanic that is unique to this game. And unlike anything from virtual racing or really unlike anything from a racing game, arcade racer I've ever played before, um, I'll, I'll try to do my best to describe it. <laughs> it's not, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll describe it in a minute, but it's it's not, it's not bad. It's just different. And if I had to compare it to something, I would maybe say that like the closest thing to it is like Outrun Two. Oh, okay. But this is more of like a competitive racing game, obviously, than Outrun Two is. So it kind of feels different in practice. Um, what I was most impressed with was the level of customization and the depth of the cu- of the customization in this game. Um, interestingly, the beta key that they offered us really seemed to just be the full game. Like, it just seemed to have everything to it. There was nothing you really couldn't do. So I tried a couple different championships, and I went and looked at all the cars. And this game has a ton of cars. Yeah. And each of them has, like three or four different parts you can replace you know the hood of the car the spoiler the bumpers the taillights the exhaust the wheels like everything there is a lot of customization in a game like this which like you don't expect uh you know i never i never expect that i knew i had seen some things about them trying to achieve like customization goals but like you can even modify certain aspects of the interior of the car uh which is just kind of mind-blowing so Initial impressions at that point were like, this is really deep for for a game like this. And I kind of had to sort of check my um, my expectations, my, my sort of slightly negative expectations at the door as soon as I encountered all of that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing I was curious about with it, because obviously this has been a long development for Hot Shots. And um, I think at one point, everybody who was interested in it just wanted to see it kind of out the door and to get the chance to play it but it sounds like a lot of work's been going into the, the kind of peripheral stuff around the driving which is um something i certainly didn't expect to see um it's certainly more extra than most would have um been expecting so long as the driving was good so it's great to hear that they've they've went in depth with that and then even i, w- I wonder if it was intentional to make the beta so kind of forthright in terms of what the end game will have because it's immediately kind of grabbing the attention of like someone like yourself as well like 
the fact that you can compare the, the driving in some cases or the drifting uh, to, to Virtua Racing and then also follow up with the fact that it's got a lot of um, nice polish on the, the kind of the non-driving side of things. I mean, that that sounded like a good package to me so far, especially if, more importantly, the driving is up to scratch. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, so first of all, you have like, I don't remember the exact number, but let's say there's like eight different sort of avatar characters, you know, in the game. And they're all very, you know, cartoony in, in the 90s way. They all kind of look like, uh, you know, your driver at the end of virtual racing. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone's, everyone's made up of squares and triangles. Uh, but each of them has a stable of four cars that they can drive. And that's really interesting because, like, I, I don't really know. It's not clear to me. There might be a reason for this. Why they have, like, certain cars tied to certain characters. Uh, as far as I could tell, it maybe kind of fits a thematic thing. Like, you have the American driver, so he's got, like, a muscle car, yeah. and then he's got, like, a Viper GT3. Um, but but it's really interesting how, like, they're able to represent, like, every era of cars, you know, with these, like, very low-poly models. I mean, you have, like, cars inspired by, like, old, you know, Group B rally cars. You have ones inspired by new GT racers. You have ones inspired by, like... Um, you know, like late '90s prototypes. Um, it really runs the gamut. Uh, there, there's one that looks like a Chiron. Like it's just kind of all over the place, but in in a really cool way. And um, they all handle. I think what I was most surprised by and impressed by is that they all handle so differently. Like even more like outrun 2 kind of had that thing where it's like you have the cars that are more for novices your immediates and the experts and you know the experts are kind of harder to change direction yeah. when you're drifting they like to stay in drifts longer but they're faster overall uh this game isn't even like that it's not like oh we have like a a mild drift type and the standard drift type or whatever it's like all of these cars drive totally differently um you have to because they all kind of have different attributes in terms of how they like to drift, whether they kind of favor more like grip driving, although that's not really something you ever do in this game, but there's some cars where you, you just don't, you want to stay away from drifting and there are others where it's, it's the only way to go. And so you really have to modify your driving style from vehicle to vehicle. And I was, I was very surprised, um, to see that. And also like, when you're talking about like, oh, this car has got like a high top speed or this one's got like a high acceleration, like, like some games, like those differences you know if you go back to old arcade racers sometimes they're like very slight differences you don't even really know this when you're driving the car but they do make a difference but in this game it's like when you're driving a car that like takes off very quickly like it's a fucking rocket <laughs> um like like when you have a car with high acceleration like for example i, I think the first car i drove in this was like the supra which looks really cool because it looks like um it, it basically looks like the uh, the 1995 like oh, LM thanks. Supra that Toyota brought to Le Mans, yeah. and it's cool. Like the the ch the choices for the vehicles in this game are so inspired. But I drove that car, and you know it was very kind of middle of the road average in terms of its driving style. And then they had the Porsche 961, and I got into a Porsche 961, and I'm just like this is hard like it's so tremendously fast off the line but steering it is like steering a bullet and i just love that i love that uh that there's 
so much character to each of these vehicles. Um, to, to expand upon the way that the drifting works, the reason that I compare it to OutRun, and it's actually something uh, borrowed by uh, Jason uh, Kusanagi765, who's you know written about a ton of racing games and also is active in the community and everything. Uh, he compared it to OutRun 2 first, and I was like, you know what, you're absolutely right. Because like when you... It, it's, it's kind of like... when. When you're not really drifting, there is sort of a limit to how much grip you have, and it's very right. confined. The second your car sort of breaks, um, like OutRun 2, OutRun 2 is very much a game. Like, drifting's all about angle, like, no matter what game you're talking about. But OutRun 2 makes it ex especially challenging, I feel like, because the steering gets very heavy even once you've started a drift. And you really don't have that much control over the angle. Like, even in a game like, you know, even in, like, Ridge Racer, you know, any Ridge Racer, you can do kind of more finite adjustments, like, mid-corner to kind of mod modulate the angle of your drift, whereas, like, OutRun 2, because the corners are so long and they carry on forever, once you're drifting, that's it. it, it like, you still have control, but it's, like, it's, it's very muted. And that's kind of what this game does. You you kind of start, and at first you have a decent amount of grip to kind of choose your path. But then after like maybe half, like I don't know, like a couple milliseconds or something like that, that choice is gone, and you're you're almost like you can make slight adjustments, but you're you're also kind of a passenger at that point. And so for that reason, I say it feels really weird. I, I think you know once you start drifting, it's almost less. You you have those those couple moments to, to pick an angle and then once you pick an angle it becomes all about the throttle input uh so i know it's kind of hard to sort of grasp that like over you know me saying it and and at the end of the day you'll just have to play the game and see how it feels but it's very unique and i think it works for this um I, I again i'm just really impressed by the fact that there's so much depth to that and that they didn't literally just go play Daytona USA 1 and be like, the game will handle like this, yeah. that's fine. Let's, let's just let's just try and recreate that, you know? Now, that, that is fantastic to hear because I think one of the, the trepidations we had when we discussed it in the, the premiere in all those months ago, um, we were a bit worried that it would just want to pay kind of homage to those racers but not quite craft its own identity. And even though the racing is being compared to something like Outrun 2, the fact that it's Outrun 2 and not just a Daytona or something like that, that is really interesting because it means that the the developers must have had an idea of what they wanted to go for here. And um, even the fact, like you're saying, that cars are kind of categorised by character, I guess it just ties that whole kind of um, experience together even more because you're not just choosing a vehicle and then if there's a... If it turns out to be a vehicle online that everybody likes using, you're going to have to go with the associated character as well, but maybe there are some people who prefer the Supra, for example, and will spend a lot of time trying to learn that car, and that is the important part, I guess. Having to learn other vehicles, if you if you want to drive those, it isn't just a case of choosing what body type you like and then mastering the handling across all the car types. Having that kind of layer of, here are the characters, here are the cars they drive, and then if you find a car you like within that, it means that you might not be able to drive another car if you really like, kind of, if you really learn how the Supra drives compared to something else like the, the, the Chiron or something like that. So, no, I think you've done a good job at describing 
what to expect because I would have never expected what you've said. Like this is a total shock to me because, I, I mean, I mean it's probably part down to me in this sense, and I'm happy to eat humble pie on that. But I expected something that was just a bit over the top and cookie and remember these racing games, but it seems like it's far from that. Yeah, and and I think talking about the relative performance and the differences between the cars is especially important when you talk about like multiplayer and stuff like that. Um, you know, I I feel like games today because everyone's trying to cultivate like this sort of esports appeal yeah. and have everything perfectly balanced so that like no one car can really be better than any other car, no one gun in Call of Duty or Battlefield can be that much better than any other gun, like. Because of that, everything, even the good and bad choices within, within uh, you know, the rosters, there's not a massive difference in. Whereas with this game, I feel like there is a massive difference across, like, the, the probably, like, 30 cards this game has. And I love that. Because honestly, like, fuck balance. Like, that just, to <laughs> me, that just takes the character out of the game. I don't want this to be, like, a perfectly, finely tuned racing game where, like, Everyone has to have an equal advantage. Everyone has to have an equal shot. Like, there can be some cars that are great. There can be some cars that are at the top of the leaderboard. There can be some cars that no one ever uses. I prefer that. Because, honestly, the way I like to play these games, like, I like to go in lobbies with a group of friends and just say, like, let's all drive stupid cars or let's all drive this. Or if somebody's going to go ahead and drive something that's way better than everyone else, I'm going to let them know and be like, hey, you know, why don't we just not why don't you not use that like why don't you not use like the ktm expo and like n400 class or whatever in gt sport um you know people are gonna drive the cars they're gonna drive to get to the top of leaderboard and set records let them fucking do it who cares like i i i just love because i feel like if you if you make the game like that if that's the objective that everything has to be exactly the same like the same but different then you're never gonna get the personality that you get with the way that these cars drive and i just I'm just impressed for that reason. You know, they they could have made one handling model and they could have built it into like all of these cars. And the only difference would be, you know, this one has better brakes and this one has better top speed and this one has better acceleration, but really the cars all drive exactly the same. They could have done that. I mean, when you play like all of the ports of virtual racing in the past that Sega didn't necessarily make, like ex excluding the... Um, you know, we're not talking about the, the recent Switch one because that's literally, literally the arcade version. But if you're talking about, like, the one on the Saturn or Virtual Racing flat out, like, they had some different vehicles in there, but you basically had, like, okay, the F1 car drives like this, the stock car drives like this. They drive differently, but you had three cars and that was it. Um, and the handling was, was still, even then, not that unique. So, again, I'm just, I'm just impressed with the variation. And I think it's going to make this game... Uh, a lot of fun to explore because uh, unfortunately I didn't get to do any of the online multiplayer but the people who are in their discord like um, uh, Chris uh, in the discord was saying that uh, the multiplayer was a blast and uh, I want to give that a shot once I actually you know get my hands on the full game I was doing mostly the championships and release uh, racing against the AI <laughs> and and uh, I, I think what's going to be like what's maybe going to make or break the game for you is how you feel about the AI because like <laughs> it is so aggressive. It's but it's aggressive in like a stupid hilarious way. Like yeah, where you know the catch up is to the extreme, 
but I wouldn't even call it catch up because like you can never lose anyone. Like that's the thing, like the cars never stay away from you. Oh, even okay. if you're all the way at the back, you know, within the space of a lap, if you make some, you know, horrible error and you, you hit a wall and you spin out or you crash or whatever, and all of a sudden there's like 10 seconds you between you and the back of the pack, you know, if you have a lap and a half left in the race, you can catch up again. And then once you get to the front, what you're going to find is that the top four cars are going four wide through a corner and they're also <laughs> hitting each other and just making an absolute mess of things. But it's like so, you know, I guess technically that might be cheap or bad AI, but it's just so, there's so much action in that. There's so much life to that that I honestly don't care. I just find it to be a laugh. Um, you know, it, 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 to me, it doesn't even annoy me as much as like Mario Karts because of my problem with like games like Mario Kart is that you, you get like 15 seconds in front of someone. Yeah. And then yeah. you turn around and they're right there or they pass you at the line. But you, you can't even get that far away from anyone in this game for it to feel that unfair when they catch you again. Uh, the, the only time it gets really frustrating for me is that because the AI doesn't care about car contact and because of the way the physics work, uh, when they hit you, they can spin you around very easily. And that's that's probably my only issue with it. Uh, but that's something that they can, they can hopefully tune. But otherwise, it's just it's just a fucking riot to go against <laughs> AI in this game. It really is. Now, it does sound pretty fun, to be honest. And um, it, it at least keeps things interesting for quite a long time. Because like you say, the issue is that um, balance for these type of games is often provided through items and that type of thing that can feel unfair. But if everyone's already always racing together, then it starts to feel less like rubber banding because, like you say, everybody's inhabiting the same rubber bands so nobody can actually get away. Um, that does sound pretty interesting. And um, just to bring it back about the, the variation of cars as well, I really like that because one of the worst experiences I've ever had playing online was when I played uh, Outrun Online Arcade against people and watching people actively choose not to drift to win an Outrun just seems wrong to me <laughs> because it's like it's a game about yeah. driving and having fun so when I when I seen that online like I realised that this is not a game that I would ever want to play competitively and it's funny because when I play it in the arcade I'm, I am trying to set a great time but I'd never go to the lengths of purposefully not using the game's core mechanic. And um, I think even Ridge Racer 7 was similar in the sense that like the, the drifting is so over the top in that game. But once again, there were so many people online who would actively try not to drift or drift as little as possible. And I get that's the best way to play the game, but it's not the most fun. And it seems that Hot Shots is more vested in that fun element than um, competitiveness. But there will be people, of course, that want to play the meta so to speak yeah and, and and that's fine and at the end of the day there's a fun game um you know overall aside from like the physics as we've talked about and the content you know it looks the part um the music's good uh you know i could do with less of the characters um you know yeah, needing to say convinced. something every single time <laughs> anything happens at all uh but but that's me um yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I feel like to a certain extent, it's like they need to make the game 90s is all get out to have a brand. And so that's what they've done. Um, I feel like they could dial it back in a couple respects, but uh, the track design's good. And yeah, I think it's going to be an unexpectedly fun racer. I think it's it's going to sort of fill the hole in everyone's heart that was sort of left by uh, 90s Super GT or 90s Arcade Racer 
which I, you know, have every <laughs> every nine months somebody says it's still coming, but I don't believe it at this point. Yeah, who knows what's happening with that one. Um, that that does yeah. seem more like a direct love letter to the Sega games as well, and that's the sad part. <laughs> we don't know where that is. Yeah. Yeah, but I would say, like, after having, you know, played Hotshot, it, it, it feels more like i'm sensing more of a respect for like virtual racing and the like than i than i anticipated and that that really makes me happy um yeah. if anything it's like you know you want to see games and i think we were talking about this i think you had mentioned it as far as you know sort of charting your own path and not copying um you know it, it it's an interesting choice that visually it looks like virtual racing but the handling feels like it's plucked from outrun and some of the cars <laughs> look like they're yeah. from super gt slash scud race because it really does feel like they've they haven't just made daytona again you know or they haven't just like said like oh let's just do this game but again um they've hand chosen the elements of these different sega racers and put them together um, but then also contribute a soundtrack that doesn't really sound like it sort of fits in that same mold and, uh, you know, done things with the characters that whether you like it or you hate it, you know, is kind of more extensive than any of those old games had. And, and they've created something then that is, that is inspired by all the things we loved, but not the same. Uh, and they've done it in a way where they've, uh, clearly paid attention. And so... I'm I'm really excited to spend more time with the final version. Uh, I actually don't know when it comes out. I have no idea. Um, I was I was so sh uh, surprised when I got the code or when a code was offered to me that yeah. um, <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" I wasn't expecting this. It was it was really. Nice. <laughs> I don't think uh, it's it got like, a definitive release date yet, does it? Or? Yeah, well, it's okay. So it was delayed until uh, summer, and you know we're in the yeah. summer, so hopefully. Hopefully it's happening soon, and I forgot it's also coming to Switch. I totally forgot about that, and oh, that yeah. that could make it, you know, very interesting in that terms is, of the discussion yeah. of Switch racers. That is obviously very short. That is exciting. I totally forgot about the Switch release. Actually, that's um, that is definitely the the cherry on top. If it, if it's as good as we're seeing, so happy days. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I'd be, I'd be, I feel way better paying. I don't know how much they'll charge, but even if it was like fifty dollars, I'd feel way better paying that for this game as opposed to for um, Burnout Paradise Remastered. <laughs> oh just, god, yeah. I, I just can't believe that they keep charging that much for that game. It's a uh, great game, but for the love of God, I won't buy it because like I just spent the same amount of money on the PS4 version. And if I buy the Switch one, my progress won't even carry over. So what the fuck is the point? Yeah, it wasn't worth that at all on the PlayStation 4. Far from it. And that Switch tax definitely does a bit of the heavy lifting as far as people buying it goes. Because I was I was shocked at how bog standard that remaster was, in all honesty. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, in my opinion, it's a case of the word remaster being used a little bit too liberally. <laughs> it's, it's honestly a port. <laughs> Um, but that's neither here nor there. And so we should talk about F1 2020 then, because we yes. have, uh, uh, both played that and I think both enjoyed it. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So 
I think we've talked about this briefly before, but I, I've never really been captured by any of the Formula 1 games in quite some time. I always feel as if there's just these little kind of niggles and the, the driving physics that kind of just, they've always annoyed me. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I've never been able to pinpoint it, but like I never quite enjoyed the driving experience on track well enough to justify um, in what was the, the career mode before this game. Um, they kind of bog standard career mode with some nice kind of interviews and the, the R&D tree and that type of thing. I always felt as if there was just, there was a few missing pieces to the puzzle for it to properly grab me. So what would happen was I, I would buy the game, get six rounds in, then never touch it again, just play something else. Um, because these games do turn out to be a heavy time investment, that's the one thing I will say, even through the previous iterations, you can get your money's worth with them very quickly because of how much off-track stuff you can do as well as on the track. Um, so I got F1 2023 with the, the wheel that I bought recently, so it was the deluxe Schumacher edition, so I was pretty excited about that. Wasn't quite sure how it was going to go, but... I'm very happy to say that, as far as I'm concerned, this is, without a doubt, one of the best, like, modern racers that I've played in some amount of time. Um, I wouldn't quite say up there best of generation yet, because it's still early days, I've put about 10 hours into it. But what I will say is, so far, like, as soon as I went on the track, I was absolutely ecstatic, because that little feeling in the back of my head that I didn't quite like the on-track experience was nowhere to be found. I was driving the cars and like, I really, if I was to try and pinpoint exactly what might have changed, it's the level of grip the tyres have in coordination with what you perceive as going fast. Because it feels like I can actually work out when the tyres have enough heat in them so not to spin the car, even with no driving aids on. And that is such a phenomenal feeling when you know you're pushing on the edge, especially on tracks like Zandvoort that they've just added. It's just like such... The high-speed thrills of this game is exactly what I thought Formula 1 should be, and I feel as if they just nailed that so much, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, so so I've played a couple of the recent F1 games, so I usually take a year off. Um, I think I, I took a long time off before 2016. I grabbed 2016, then I grabbed 2018, and then now I have 2020. And the physics... What you're describing about the physics is something that I actually felt back when I played the 2016 version. I feel like, yeah. at least in my opinion, it, you know, I will never know what it's like to drive one of these cars. No, we this never game will. seems, <laughs> yeah, th this game seems convincing. This game even maybe physics-wise seems, you know, more convincing than say driving Hamilton's F1 car in GT Sport, for example, or driving, you know, I, I've had limited experience with that car in GT Sport, but I've had a lot of experience with the Super Formula, and I cannot stand the way the Super Formula drives in Gran Turismo <laughs> Sport. It's like one of the only cars in that game where I will actually say, like, GT Gran Turismo's physics are bad on this one. I just, I've driven open wheel cars in a lot of different games, uh, you know, from, from that to iRacing to F1, and it's not even just a matter of what's the most realistic. It's just a matter of like what just makes sense and allows you to drive in like yeah. a consistent way. And that's something that they have nailed uh, with this F1 series. I think they've been doing it for a couple of years in a row. Like I, you know, it's been, it's been two years since I last played one of these games, but I didn't sense a real difference 
in the way that these cars drive. You know, maybe someone who who plays um, with a wheel and 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 really plays a lot and knows more uh, can speak to that. You know, I play with um, I play with a controller and I play with pretty much all the assists. Well, I, I went back and forth. I think um, I, I used to play with the assist off completely, except I would have ABS on. Um, yeah. And then I I did start to flirt with the traction control and just put it on like the low setting or whatever. When I started playing this one, just because I was getting very frustrated. You um, have such a blast even, as well <laughs> without traction it, control. It's hard. Well, it's here's the thing. It's um. It's especially hard, like you're saying, when your tires are cold. I think that's the thing. It really does make a difference yeah. in this game. And uh, it reminds me kind of of like the first time I played Project Cars. Uh, I never really had to think about my tire temperature in any other racing game before. And when I yeah. played Project Cars, yeah. that kind of came to a head. And F1's kind of the same way. It's like, you know, 20 laps into a Grand Prix, I'll realize like, oh, I'm driving really smoothly now. I wonder why. And I'll remember like, it's because <laughs> the tires are warm, you idiot. Um so, so yeah, I, I, I think, you know, on a pad, um, you know, I think I've found the saying that I like. I think I actually prefer having a little bit of that traction control. You, you can still kind of move the car a little bit, but it's not as annoying when you go out there and the tires are cold. But even, even when you're playing with, you know, even when you're playing the game in the least favorable or the least accessible way possible, um, you know, to a newcomer, it's still it never feels unfair. It never feels like the car yeah. is doing something it shouldn't. You can you can tell when you're gonna lose it. It never takes you by surprise. And then afterwards you'll say to yourself, like, why the fuck did I did I you know mash the throttle when I came out of that corner? <laughs> um it, it it's a very predictable game. And I feel like games like F1 2020 and the Cell Course Competizione that really focus on one type, one discipline of racing, one class of car. Uh, when they're done well like this, they can be so great because you just you don't feel like any corners are cut in terms of the way that these cars are replicated and how they drive. Yeah. There's a consistency that you can really sink your teeth into. And when mistakes are made, you know the mistakes are on you and not on the game or something that you didn't see coming. And uh, that's that's been the bedrock of this series, I think, for a while now. Um, for me, what put 2020 over the top is just the my team mode. Yes. Um, and yeah. it's, you know, as someone who played Motorsport Manager a lot last year, uh, when I was riding the subway to work, when you could ride subways, um, <laughs> you know, this game is not, my team is not as deep as Motorsport Manager. It, it isn't. But then you wouldn't really want it to be because you didn't actually have to drive cars in Motorsport Manager and you do in this game. It's able to find the perfect balance between the depth of a real sports management sim and the game where you're actually doing the thing on the track or on the field or whatever. It strikes a good balance because the things that you're doing off track are deeper than honestly any racing game I've ever played. Um, you know, any actual racing game I've ever played where you're doing the driving. Uh, you have budgets to manage, you have schedules to fill out, you know, it feels like a franchise mode from a sports game. Um, but then you have this amazing on-track element. So you really get it all. Uh, I, I've, you know, with my friends have always talked about wanting a game that can do the off-track stuff as well as it does the on-track stuff. Yeah. And that's something that I think I've only ever really seen with sports games, real sports titles, like your yeah. your Maddens, your FIFAs, your MLB The Show. MLB The Show has always been really good about it. Um, 
but no one ever did that with a racing game before. And so it's it's great that they're doing that now. And I only hope that they make it smarter and deeper uh, with successive entries. Because to me, that's that's what makes 2020 stand out. And that's why if I told anyone to go play uh, an F1 game release over this past generation, this is probably the one. Because it just has so much to offer in that regard. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you said that. Because the one thing I wrote down prior to the pod was... Codemasters finally embraced the fact that this is a yearly sports title, but in the best way possible. It's like, the thing that keeps people coming back to yearly sports titles is that kind of loop of getting a team, bringing it up through the ranks, getting it to be a relative success, having those low points, having those high points, and they've kind of, they've teased with that kind of stuff before, but the problem is that, especially in motorsport, you don't really associate with a lot of these teams unless you're absolutely invested in the sport. You, you'll have a few favourite drivers scattered across many teams and that type of thing, so for most people the emotional buy-in isn't going to be there off the bat. Um, it's not like in a sports game, for example, where I can go sign my favourite football player for Celtic, that type of thing. That isn't there for the majority of the audience, but it seems like Codemasters have realised that what they can do and I'm just so glad that they got the blessing to do this because I think we've talked before that Formula 1 can be so strange about licensing and stuff like that. I'm really glad that we're able to put another team on the grid because just being able to start from scratch like that and see right away when you get to name your Formula 1 team, choose the colour scheme. The the part that really sunk in for me was like, oh, they've went there, they finally embraced the sports game within it, was when you could choose a driver from a roster of Formula 2 drivers and they had stats and that sounds so silly but it's just stuff like that that makes you go that's it I'm hooked because I want to look at the driver's market I want to see who's valued at what well why is he valued more than him or he's uh, done better in his past five races there's just loads of little details like that the addition of the driver's market is such a small thing Especially for like total race nuts who just want to be on the track, but from people like us as well that really love sport games, this is like the perfect marriage. Like you're saying, where you're getting an incredible on-track experience, but the off-track stuff does not feel like a chore to me, and that that is even with the inclusion of a skill tree, which is something I don't like in any games. Like it does not bother me the slightest in this game. And I'm just really excited to see where the Formula 2 drivers are going to end up. Who do I want to go for? Do I stick out yep. with Elise, who I chose at the start? It's added that dynamic that wasn't there before. And um, even just things on top of that they've had in previous years, I think to a certain degree, the rivalries, um, the kind of more in-depth interviews where people are listening to see, oh, they like the aerodynamics, go team. <laughs> but like the chassis team might be like, oh, he's not, he's not praising us. There's like loads of stuff like that in the background which is really cool and then I, I don't know what it is about Formula 1 especially but if I, if I spin out and take off my front wing and do damage in the early part of the race, in most racing games I would be mostly tempted to just restart the session but in Formula 1 and I think it's it comes from watching the sport and seeing where the most dramatic stuff happens, you actually kind of roll with it right, I've got kind of wing damage here after qualifying 6th and then like if you manage to bring it home in like 13 for something you don't get any points officially or anything but you actually feel a bit proud that you were able to at least keep it competitive and I think like my team just ties up all the loose ends that I had when just playing as a career and as a driver 
because realistically I, I'm never going to be Lewis Hamilton or as good as Lewis Hamilton so seeing my own guy and his Formula 2 teammate place 12th and 9th means a lot more than placing on a podium every single race yeah and, and I like that they have now with this mode like you said they've made it they've recognized that they're a yearly sports game but they've recognized that um, yes there are a lot of people who like racing or like Formula 1 because they like the driver and so they want to be the driver but there are also a lot yeah. of people who like the team and who like kind of the way that all of these things in their play and managing the resources and and all of that uh, you know the things that, that draw you to a management sim and so one of the things that always bothered me anytime I'd start a campaign in an old F1 game is I'd, I'd have to pick what driver on the team I was going to be on I'd replace. And it's like, yeah. well, that sucks. <laughs> like, you know, let's say I'm, you know, a Red Bull fan. I'm not going to want to replace, like, Albon or something like that. And I'm definitely not going to want to replace Verstappen. Like, it's it's almost sacrilege to be like, yeah, I want to go represent my favorite team, but I'm going to knock one of my favorite drivers in the world yeah. out of that team. And, you know, with the older games, I think they figured out a way to do it with 2018 or something. I can't exactly remember how, but with the older games, that, that driver was gone. They were out <laughs> of the market. They were not just displaced. They weren't in the game ever again. And, like, that sucks, you know? So it's... I like that I can add an extra team to this because I'm not displacing anyone else. You know, I think Formula One, I think racing in general today, the, the level of talent today is so much better than anything in the past as far as, like, you know, in the 90s and even the 2000s, it wasn't uncommon to see those really awful pay drivers that had no business being on the grid. But I can honestly say, looking at, like, the entire F1 grid as a fan, like, everyone has their moments, right? Everyone deserves a spot. Everyone deserves a reason to be there. And, uh, you know, I don't want any of those guys out. So, like, just on that level, it impresses me. Um, and then also, like, I love when you're starting your your team and your, your campaign and they got Will Buxton in the game, which is such a big deal to me because I fucking yeah. love Will Buxton. Um, and I just, I've been following him since uh, since he was doing the grid walk for like, uh, for Speed Channel back in the day. Because I, I mean, he started on American television, which is also kind of why like I have, I mean, maybe he didn't, but I, I before he was like with F, yeah. F1 proper and uh, doing the Sky broadcast and everything, uh, he was, um, you know, he was, he was part of like Fox sports and stuff, which is funny to think about. So to see him in the game is great. And what I love about it too, is that like you often see with a lot of, uh, sports games, I assume it's the same way with, uh, with FIFA, for example, but it's, it's definitely this way with like NHL games and, and, uh, baseball and whatnot, where they'll get the big, the big commentator, yeah, yeah. right? Like they'll get... Doc Emmerich for the <laughs> NHL games uh, because he, he does. does like the NBC Sports uh, NHL playoff broadcasts and like he has an iconic voice. But these guys don't necessarily know how to record for a game. They don't necessarily, you know, sometimes their their deliveries are bad yeah. and the coaching in terms of the uh, the the acting on on the part of the developer isn't there to they're not going to tell one of the most respected commentators in the world like hey you should <laughs> let's retake that like, let's do that again that wasn't yeah. quite right uh, and they might not even have that much time uh, to record lines for this game uh, 
so just even the beginning of the game when like you're kind of sitting down for an interview and Will Buxton's there and Will Buxton is rallying off this na all these names of like <laughs> owner drivers uh, and now like you're the next addition to a list and everything. It's just cool. Like it's just, you know, they got someone who clearly loves the sport and who has done so much work for the sport and then just like rattling off nerdy facts are just going to please anyone yeah. who's playing this game. And uh, it's it's very much with moments like that. It's very easy to tell that this game is a labor of love and not just, hey, we got the F1 license for for you know however many years. Let's just like shit out of the game. Um, you, you can tell that there is a passion for the sport, uh, and that's just you know I think to any fan that's what you want to see. Yeah, and I think as well if if you've been a bit let down or concerned about Podemasters um, output in other games so far in the past few years. F1 2020 feels like this is what this this publisher is capable of and these are the talented guys that work there. Um, it's, it's, it's wild to me this game exists when it's a yearly release. like Because it feels so much more further than anything else I've played from Codemasters in the past few years. And that really excites me from the perspective of them getting the WRC license very soon as well. Um, please go down this route and not the Dirt Rally 2.0 route. <laughs> that's that's uh, my only uh, worry that they, they might be more inspired by Dirt Rally than F1 2020. But I feel as if their whole catalogue of games could really look towards this as like the, the reviews say it all. A 90 plus uh, racing game on Metacritic doesn't come that often if you're Jesus not Forza Christ. Horizon. Yeah, you're right. And it's there. Damn. And... That's the thing. We've talked about why Forza Horizon kind of gets up there. This is literally a circuit-based motorsport racing game that's getting a 90 plus on Metacritic. It can't be... It's, it might, it think, the funny thing is, it gets overlooked. Like Something that like The Last of Us 2 comes out and manages to hit that kind of 94 mark and you can't get away from it. But like it's wild how much like I haven't seen so many plaudits for F1. But it must be working because it, it knocked The Last of Us 2 off the UK charts to top the charts last week, which is great news for racing I game fans. That. I think and, it... Um, oh, sorry. No, you go, mate. I think it really is the perfect storm in this unfortunate you know, global calamity that's happened. I, I think people... The, the, the other side of that is people just, they miss their sports, they miss their racing, yeah. they miss that kind of routine of something that gets them excited in life. And so I could I could definitely see everyone rushing out to the shops to buy F1 2020 or, or you know, <laughs> just downloading it. Um, it makes me happy because that, that would never, ever happen in, in uh, the US. You know, we'd, we'd never all go buy a racing game uh, and then unseat Last of Us off the charts. So... That's great. It's interesting. I don't think anybody would have really predicted it as well because that's boxed copies. It's not even included digital. So oh, so they are going to the well. shops. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> literally uh, they're socially distancing queuing to pick up <laughs> F1 2020. But um, I think I said as well when the the Austrian Grand Prix happened in the first weekend, it's pretty crazy like how that race could not have been any better marketing for f1 2020 releasing it was an absolute blockbuster of a race it would have put people in the mindset of potentially picking it up i know for a fact like my little brother doesn't like formula one at all but at the end of that race he was like you know what i quite enjoyed that <laughs> so like there would have been a lot of people in a similar boat and then thought you know what i've not dipped uh, my feet into one of those games in a long time 
and for me this is the best Formula 1 game since Championship Edition on the PS3 like it's just mm. it's just a really really good game and I'm really excited to kind of get more into it because it's it's scratching that sport game itch as well as the driving side of things it's it's odd. I, I don't really see it as something I want to get good at. I see it as something I want to dedicate a lot of time to from a single player experience side of things and there aren't many racing games nowadays that kind of go after that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I, I think it really is great in terms of uh, you know, if you want the most realistic experience of driving an open wheel car, you do probably want like a, a iRacing or an R-Factor. I don't know what people play, but one of those types of games. Um, yeah. That said, if you still enjoy realistic racing games and you're not obsessed with it, it has to be the most accurate representation of driving an open wheel vehicle. Um, I think you'd like F1 2020. If you are someone who doesn't really play a lot of Sims, but you really like to follow F1 or you're just getting into it. Uh, I also think you'd like F1 2020. It's one of those rare games that I think really manages to scale well, no matter what your skill level is. Um, the, the assist just, you, you have the control over everything in terms of the assist, in terms of the AI, um, you know, I always had an issue with the AI in Dirt Rally for whatever reason, because even though you could set it to anything, uh, yeah. sometimes it's just like, I was playing the game again recently and it was like, I swear to God, like I had to go down the fucking 30 to be able to do anything because like, <laughs> I, it's not even like a matter of the AI with that game. Um, you know, sometimes it's just the fact that you're on the world's longest stage and that's your ultimate enemy. Uh, yeah. But but in this, you really can um, you really can just kind of control it to make it the most exactly as challenging as you want it to be. You add in all the off-track stuff and uh, it's good to see. I think this is going to be probably their best-selling release um, given everything yeah. you just said and it, I'm, I'm very happy for them and I'm very, I'm very happy because yeah, like you're saying, like I, I think the reason that Codemasters can make a game like this and it can be this good is because they've had so long to release it over and over again, hone it, make it better. You know, it's not the situation with Grid where, who knows, maybe Grid was in development for three years, one shot, and it's done. And now because it didn't perform well, they won't make a new one. Or, or you know, if they do make a new one, they're gonna they're completely change the strategy because the first one didn't work out. Like the bonus to an annual release as much as annual releases get shat on is if you are able to hone like find what you're good at and hone in on what you're good at and do that consistently every year at the end of that at the end of five plus years of making that game and releasing it um you'll have something that is really really hard to beat and just thank god that uh that f1 has become that and like you said uh, thank God that it coincided with the the release or with the the Austrian GP. Um, you know the the second round of the Austrian GP wasn't very good, but the first one was a fucking great race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, I was oh absolutely fantastic to watch. Yeah. Um, I think if you're a fan of pretty much any driver, that that race had either a great drama for you or, or great happiness. So it was it was uh, something else. Um. And I guess we might as well, since we're talking about Formula One, shout out to Lando Norris for absolutely crushing it the past two weeks. Yeah, he's been uh, he's definitely been getting that sim driving in. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, I love seeing those guys do as well. Like even like you know, I'm not like a Racing Point fan. I don't think there are ma many Racing Point fans in the world, but I'm just excited to see that yeah. like they're moving up the grid. 
Um, Renault's making some improvements. I mean, McLaren is McLaren is not that far off of Red Bull. No. Um, you no, know, the old. problem is that Red Bull has Max Verstappen, but they're not far off of Red Bull. Uh, and even to someone like me, who for a long time in my life was a Ferrari fan and really likes the Ferrari guys, uh, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that the rest of the field is catching up, and in, in many ways, you know, just making Ferrari look like fools. It it makes it interesting. They've got to have already invested in the upcoming rule changes or something. Like I, I just cannot believe the car is that bad as it is now because it's not even as if like it was. Oh, Leclerc and Vettel had collided uh, last weekend. They would have done fine. They probably wouldn't have either. So it's oh, it's a strange situation for Ferrari. Who knows what's going on back there? But at least in my team, you can put together a competent team and not have to worry about that. Right, exactly. And uh, what one last thing, actually, since you mentioned that, um, I was really uh, surprised and, and moved by the fact that uh, in my team they have both uh, Correa and Hubert. Um, yeah, well, actually, yeah. Hubert isn't in my team, but he's in the F- he's on the F two season. Uh, but you can sign Correa to your team in my team, and that is uh, that is very cool. So yeah, it's a fantastic little touch. The game's absolutely chock full of them, and um, like you say, this. This feels like a craft that's been honed over the past few years, and this is the kind of the the end product for now. Hopefully, they keep going further from here. Um, I don't think I don't think it'll happen, but it'd be a shame if a bit of complacency set in now that they've nailed it because there's still areas I feel as if I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. <laughs> but I know that they'll probably be able to think of ways to, to further own it. And the funny thing is, like. If 2021 were to come out and it's like small amounts of changes, you know the same people who love 2020 and the reviews and stuff would kind of criticise it for being too similar, but I mean, this game is as close to a fantastic Formula 1 game as we could ask for right now, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time for Codemasters, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, it took them a long time to get here. I remember like, you know, 2010 and 2011, oh, they, God, were, yeah. they were pretty, uh, but they really had a lot to fix in terms of just the the logic of of the racing and the way that some drivers would pit and some drivers would just never pit and some drivers (laughs) would pit and then block you in your stall and like you know just crazy scenarios like that so on the ai as well like i'm amazed at how well they drive defensively that's something Mm. i didn't expect so when i was playing and like I just had so much speed on, I think it was Grosjean or something, and I was getting ready for the overtake. And like, I kind of went to the left to, to kind of make a clean overtake, and like Grosjean moved slightly over to the left in a way that was definitely intentional to stop me having the gap, but it wasn't like some drastic turn to the left that looked so blatant. You could see him slowly edging to close the gap, and I was just, I found that really cool because um, I've... I just didn't expect it to happen really and it, it then forced me to take the next call at an awkward angle as well because I'd committed to making that move and that's the thing, it's a game of moments, much like a motorsport of moments, so yeah, the, the AI is really good and I think that's something that will make a difference for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially a game like this where you don't you don't want to crash into people because it will <laughs> oh, end your God. race, so no, no. <laughs> it uh, definitely helps to have good AI. 
I decided to put realistic damage on. I kind of regret it. I wish I just went for the de- I think it's called default <laughs> or normal because it's like as soon as I touch like anything on anybody's car, that you've got medium wing damage. <laughs> Race <Yep>. road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I soften some of those things. I think as much as I want to be like, yeah, I'm going to do a real season with full races and everything. I have to admit the fact that I. If if it becomes too prohibitive to like finish or do anything good, then I'm just going to give up after round yeah, round six. Exactly. So and the um, game gives you all those options which, for a reason. So. Yeah, well, well, that's the other thing is that you um this year now you can pick how many races you want yeah, on the calendar, yeah. which is I think is great because there are some tracks that absolutely they're just season ending tracks. Like when I get to Singapore, I just lose the will to go <laughs> on, and so now I can just eliminates uh singapore from the season and uh do a do a whole season of tracks of my choosing and i think that's the thing like especially when something like this season can happen as well like i'm guessing somebody could just replicate the covid season if they want whatever that ends up looking like i think we've only got like 10 races planned or something just now but you get that flexibility so it's pretty cool yeah, you can't do multiple races at one oh, location. Okay. So you can't okay. you can't do um quite the season that we're gonna have this year. Uh also it's obviously not gonna have uh some of the new additions like Mugello, which I'm, yeah. I'm so excited yeah. they're going to Mugello, that's really, really cool. Um but but yeah, <laughs> it it's funny to play um it's funny to like watch as sports try to come back this year and all the weird ways that they're doing it, <laughs> and then to play a game that has no you know, has not acknowledged that in any way, shape, or form. It's yeah. really funny. It's almost like it's a fantasy F1 game now because the calendar we're doing isn't actually happening. So, like, how, how often would this happen? It makes me really sad that they, they couldn't make it to Zamfort this year because, oh, my God, driving oh, that track. That was so the, what I made, man. actually, my season opener, and yeah. it was phenomenal. Absolutely breakneck circuit, like... It's so exciting to drive on. I love it in uh, Competizione as well and the GT3 cars. But when I started driving a Formula 1 car around it, I was like, holy shit, this is... Do they have the new one with the bankings? Uh, They do. Competizione? Yeah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, the the banking is like... (laughs) Because that's the thing, when I I went on this circuit, it it wasn't there. I was like, oh, that's weird. But yeah, as you can imagine, because Kronos are so anal about stuff like that, it's it's eerily accurate to real life and I'm also looking forward to driving the GT4 cars around that this week actually just remembered that DLC's mm. out for Competizione so too mm. much racing game news get back into that one too <laughs> yep uh, alright so lots of games to play um, there will be lots more uh, in the future uh, this year as far as racing games are concerned and uh, yeah I'm just I'm just happy I'm just happy that all of these things exist. That's that's really all you can ask for in 2020 anymore. It's just something to do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> F1 has definitely given me a lot to do. So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's a, if there's any housekeeping or anything left that we need to that we need to touch on. Um, I, I guess I will I will address it, the fact that we're kind of. Uh, uh issuing taking a new strategy in terms of how we issue the invites to the comics and discord <laughs> yeah um so that might you know we're, we might have to forego the uh just sending out the link on blast and and come up with a different approach but if you uh, a good way to get in honestly is if you want to just 
honestly let one of us know <laughs> it's fine yeah, yeah let one of us know DM or something check if you've yeah. any mutuals that follow the twitter account ask them to refer yes. you yeah. there's ways to get in and i think um it's going to be a great community like it already is i'm amazed at how, how much it's grown to be honest but like we're also we're going to be trying to look into more kind of race lobbies and stuff like that now that i'm finally going to be back on the gran turismo sport train and hopefully get some lobbies going there um and with hot shots coming up as well i mean that's pretty much time extent to the game <laughs> in terms of like multiplayer stuff we could play and um yeah i think we're in f1 league oh, would be really that cool would be really good yeah yeah but ridiculous regulation <laughs> keep it as arcade as possible all driving aids on five lap races five lap races reverse grid starts yeah <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening, guys.